This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Celtics need this game desperately. They will win this game probably by a big margin. After losses in the playoffs, their margin of victory is 15 and a half points. So I've got them winning by 15. I know it sounds ridiculous. Hey, it's, it's the numbers. What do you want me to do? They win games by 15. Nothing sounds ridiculous when it comes from the lips of Kevin Wilds. We rolled our eyes at you yesterday. Right again. We praise you today. Nailed it. Buddy, you nailed it. I would you. wear those glasses I'm where clapping. I'm proud. I'm not clapping. Thank you. But you know what, Jenna? <laughs> I didn't just get it right. We got it right. The Celtics fans on the crew got it right. Me and Nick Wright. Oh, the Wright brothers. Let's go, buddy. All right. Nick can't gloat. <laughs> All right. Let's go. I don't know that Nick can be included in that. Oh, my gosh. All right. That's where we start on this Thursday morning. NBA Finals Game 3, Warriors-Celtics. A lot of storylines last night. One of them, Draymond Green. As in, where was he? How about this line from Dre? Two, four, and three, the old triple single, had three times as many personal fouls, six, as he did points last night, two. Boston wins by 16. They go up 2-1 in this series. Nick, a lot of fingers pointed at Dre this morning, but who should take the blame for the Warriors game three loss? Draymond Green. Uh, fingers, thumbs, whatever you want to point at him, he should po- it should be pointed at him. And he pointed some at, his, at himself in his podcast, which is already out. More on that in a moment. But I watched that game, and afterwards I said to my son who I was watching it with, I said, I honestly think that might be the worst finals performance by a future Hall of Famer I've ever seen. And then I was like, I don't, is that hyperbolic? Like, am I being a prisoner of the moment? And then I saw the great Micah Adams, former colleague of some of our co-workers, statistician, said, yeah, no, might be the worst finals game ever, or at least the least impactful. First player in finals history to play that many minutes and foul out with fewer than five points, five rebounds, five assists. Mr. Triple Single Jenna truly did outdo himself. So, and then I'm, I'm trying to figure out why. Why did he outdo himself? So, luckily, new podcast dropped middle of the night. So, I listened to it this morning. And before he got to his performance, Brew, he did talk about the keys to the game. And they, and listen, hashtag new media. This is the only place you're going to find this type of insight. He said, it's one thing to let Jason Tatum score a lot. It's another thing to let him have a lot of assists. Can't let it happen at the same time. Not going to hear that analysis elsewhere. He said they needed to play with more force and more impactfulness. Again, we've been doing sports media in this country for 100 years. I've never heard of basketball games coming down to force and impactfulness on the glass until hashtag new media. And what was the last one? Oh, Clay Thompson got going, and he was glad to see that. Again, guys, I know it's not on the Fox Sports Podcast Network, but if you want those types of insights, the Draymond Green Show available on your phones. But then, Brew, he talked about his own lack of impact. 
And while Wilds nailed the game, this one I must give myself credit for because he said it. He said his issue was before the game, he was thinking about the refs and he was thinking about not getting an early technical. Mm. He said this. And because of that, he didn't come out with the force that he needed. And I told you yesterday, Draymond's got one of two doors to walk through. Play like a maniac, risk getting ejected, but be effective. Or try to play under control and have no effectiveness whatsoever. He walked through door number two, and it was, by his own admission, the worst game of his life. So yeah, Steph was excellent for three quarters. Clay had the be- his best game of the series, and the Warriors got blown out. Because the third guy of the big three, the worst thing that happened to the Celtics all night, other than the seven-point play, was Draymond fouling out. I was like, oh boy, Celtics minus three and a half could be in jeopardy now that Draymond's got to go to the bench. He's got to he's got to wear this one, own this one, and podcast about this one, of which he's done all of the above at this point. Yeah, Nick, look, I didn't hear his podcast yet, um, but oh, if listen. indeed he said that, if indeed he blamed himself, his poor play on the fact that he was wasn't himself, didn't have his own energy, purposely calmed himself down because he was worried about the refs, then shame on Draymond Green. I have liked Draymond Green's game since he was at Michigan State. I knew he wasn't a shooter, but he's an intelligent player. He was a very good passer, a playmaker, and obviously a defender. Draymond Green doesn't have to be a circus act. And if he thinks that he does to be effective, then again, shame on you. You're a future Hall of Famer, not because you can get under the opponent's skin, not because you yell at opponents and teammates alike, not because you push and shove and do dirty things, but because you are a smart basketball player who can guard. And yesterday, look, Draymond, his stat line was horrible. We know that. But he's never been defined by his statistics. Years from now, decades from now, people will look at his numbers when he's in the Hall of Fame and say, how? Why is he in the Oh, I guess because they won championships, he's in the Hall of Fame. No, Draymond Green is a very good player. And if he himself is thinking, I got to go crazy, I got to act up to be effective, then that's terrible. And he's already lost the battle. All right. And the things he can do on the court, he did none of them last night. He didn't play make three assists. Clay was hot. Steph was hot. Andrew Wiggins played well. And Draymond couldn't give him any help. They're out-rebounded 47 to 31. Give up 15 offensive rebounds. 15! That's on Draymond largely. About that. And then they get outscored 52 to 26 in the paint. Doubled up in the paint. That's on Draymond largely. So I don't want to hear him talking about, I got to get back to acting up and all this. I want you to go out there and play your game. I don't care if you say a word. You shouldn't be relying on that. And the fact that you yourself think that is sad. Wow, we had a dramatic zoom out on you, too. We're we're making movies this morning. We are ready. Okay, so here's the question. (laughs) The, the, The number one question. Is lack of focus an issue for Draymond? Now, we've seen LeBron 
gets super focused on uh, when it's finals time. He goes Seems and famously short. goes into Zero Dark Thirty. Well, he right. deletes. He doesn't delete everything. Right. He just goes, you know, dead on social Leads media. The same Draymond's the same gone route. the other way. Again and again. Draymond's doing podcasts. Draymond is doing, uh, you know, responding to other things that are happening uh, in the NBA ecosystem of takes. Now, I think it's fair if Nori on Drink Champs has a bad podcast to be like, Nori, what's going on? Like, sorry, was playing high-level basketball all day. Like, dude, Nori, get focused. <laughs> Have some drinks and do the <laughs> podcast. That's your job. But I thought, like, all right, you know, it's Nori. Uh, maybe that's too ridiculous. Until Isaiah Thomas said this last night. Nick, I want yeah. your reaction after this sound. Yeah. Take a listen. Legend. So when you talk about focus, this is what the NBA Finals is about. And right now, he has lost focus in terms of concentrating on beating the opponent. He's not talking about Jalen Brown. He's not talking about Tatum. He's not talking about Marcus Smart. He's talking about podcasts. And he's talking about Cedric Maxwell and the fans. Yeah, listen. Isaiah's right. And listen, Draymond, again... I really do encourage people to listen to this thing. I, he, uh, he gives 10 minutes of banal keys to the game that you can find anywhere, and then he gets to what he really is there to talk about, the criticism of him doing the podcast. And he's like, guess what? I'm going to keep doing this podcast, and it's 3 in the morning, and I haven't eaten? What do you want me to be doing? I don't know. Maybe not the podcast. Maybe a dinner and a, and a nap. I'm not certain. But, hey, more power to you. He's reading mailbag questions, and he's doing it all while playing terribly. And, Brew, you mentioned his impact is not shown in the box score. No. I believe Draymond Green should have three times won the Defensive Player of the Year award. Can we show a couple early plays last night, Brew, that set the tone? The first one was jarring. Jalen Brown has the opportunity to get Steph Curry in a pick and roll. And Jalen Brown says, nah, bruh, I got my food in front of me right yep. here, Draymond Green. You're not stopping me. Watch this. He has, he has Derek White. He has, he can get Steph Curry in a pick. No, Derek, Great stay call. there. I want this one on one. Two plays and he gets a layup. Two plays later, Draymond Green again on Jalen Brown. And Jalen Brown was sensational in the first quarter last night. Can we show the next one? Got Draymond Green out on the wing. I mean, that, to quote Patrick Beverly, that's a cone, man. And I hate to quote Patrick Beverly, but I will. That's a cone. <laughs> and they don't they're not guarding him on offense. He's not playmaking. He he said himself he didn't bring the force he needed because he went into the game thinking about the refs. That's what he said. I mean, that ain't great. And I just for a guy you who know what again that was. we're not picking on him, he makes thirty million dollars a year as a future Hall of Famer. It he's gotta be better. Go ahead, Bruce. You know what that was, Nick? That was Jalen Brown being focused on Draymond for the last few days. Saying, yeah, he, he came right. at me. He put his legs all over me. He tried to pull down my pants. I'm going That's at him. He knows Draymond's a great defender. He wasn't probably wasn't sure if he's going to beat him like that because he's a great defender. But he w took the challenge and said, I've been waiting for this. I'm going to set a tone right yeah. away. And instead of Draymond focusing on what he should have been focused on, 
He's doing podcasts. He's going at it with Cedric Maxwell and things like that. Mm -hmm. So Draymond makes himself a target. Even though he's not the best player, people are focused on him playing poorly because he's made himself a target. Yep. And meanwhile, the Celtics are playing five and four. Uh, on offense because they're not getting anything out of Dre for the Warriors. We got to talk more the Celtics That's side of things. Did they exceed Wild's wildest expectations last night? We discuss next. First things first. We got to get back to last night's game three. We call him the prognosticator of prognosticators on this show, Mr. Oh, Kevin Wilds. Nailed his Calm prediction. No, no, don't tell a woman to calm down. You know better. Celtics bounce oh, sorry, back Jenna. from the sorry. game two loss. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Ask Danielle. Tatum, Brown, yeah, yeah, and right. Smart all going for 24 right, or more. So Celtics win by 16. I'm very emotional right now. You never tell someone to calm down. It never works. Celtics won by 16. Remember, Wild said they'd win by 15. He's unbelievable. Uh, they go up 2-1 in this series. Kevin Wilds, I have now praised you top to bottom. Did the Celtics succeed expectations last night? Yes, by half a point. And I have to share the wealth <laughs> of wisdom, not only with fellow Celtic fan Nick Wright, but also with our esteemed researcher Dusty, who's like, hey, 15 and a half points. And Dusty has gone back to the well. No rest for the greatness of Dusty, our researcher, and has updated the graphics. The Celtics are even better after a loss now. They went from 15 and a half to 15.6 in wins after a <laughs> loss. So fantastic job. Here's the biggest thing uh, that I want to focus on, Broussard. And I said it after game two, I thought it was the turnovers were just brutal. 19 turnovers that led to 33 points. And I don't think that turnovers are necessarily being careless with the ball. If you watch game two, the Celtics would almost get nervous with the ball. They'd get the you know, Tatum, people would collapse on Tatum, Tatum would get nervous, throw the ball away. It was, it just felt like a, like a, just felt like nerves. Last night, the Celtics played totally loose and free. And I'm going to do a weird thing. I'm going to show you a missed shot to prove my point. This is four, uh, 530 left in the first half. Tatum does this, this little steal here. Play, gets it. I mean, if this, if this, it wasn't a dumb play. This was a fantastic play. And I was like, you know what? Seltzer's going to win. If Tatum is playing that loose and not worried and feeling cool, calm, and collected, Celtics are going to roll. So they bounce back big after losses. They've done it all year. And I think uh, we were a little bit worried about the home court advantage. I thought it was great outside of some fan behavior that we'll get into later. But I thought the Celtics played so free and loose, Broussard. Easy win for us. Well, look, I wasn't as down on Tatum as you were after the first two games, but I do think he looked more comfortable last night. Uh, he clearly yep. was uh, more confident, looked like he was going to the rim with more strength and uh, more conviction, and I thought that boded well, obviously, for the Celtics. Look, I said yesterday, I think they needed this game more than the Warriors. I think the Warriors get the next game. We go back to San Francisco to, to assuming Steph is fine, but give the Celtics credit. Look, they knew that you, the Warriors had the momentum. You can't let them beat you for the second straight time. It would have been your first back-to-back -back losses in five months. 
And to do that, with all due respect to Milwaukee and Miami, those teams were banged up. And those teams are not three-time champions like the Golden State Warriors. So I think Boston understood, Nick, we can't lose our mojo, if you will, with this thing we have going after losing games to the Warriors because it might just spiral downhill from there. And their three, Jalen Brown, who we know that Tatum's the best player, but Jalen Brown is a legitimate star, not a superstar, but a legitimate star. He is finals MVP right now. I thought he was even going into the game for the Celtics, but he definitely is right now. But he did what he's doing, what he's done this postseason in game one, whenever their backs are against the wall and they need something done, Jalen Brown steps up. Game one, you're down 12 after a horrible third quarter. He sparked the fourth quarter rally with 10 points and two assists early in the quarter. And then last night comes out, sets the tone. You showed it last segment. Goes directly at Draymond Green. It's like the dude walking in jail who don't want to be messed with and says, you know what, let me pick out the biggest, baddest inmate yeah. and beat him down to show everybody else don't mess with me. That's wow. what Jalen Brown that did in the first quick. quarter. And, yeah. and, and you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, it is what it is. I mean, honestly, and, you we know, right, that's a good point. So, I like the analogy. So that's it. Yeah. I agree, bro. I mean, uh, one that we can so all here, relate Listen, here's what, here's what I think should be so reassuring for the Celtics. And then I want to say something about what Bruce said. I don't, if we were giving out letter grades for the Celtics Wilds, none of them get an A+. But every single player played well. Jalen Brown was excellent early, slowed down a bit late. Tatum had a bit of a slow start, missed some layups, was really good in the fourth quarter. Marcus Smart had like a quiet 24 points, but got some huge layups when, right when the Celtics needed it in that third quarter when the Warriors were pushing. You're like, oh, Al Horford was efficient. I thought Time Lord was sensational. I thought Time Lord's impact on the game, Robert Williams, was great. Peyton Pritchard came in, knocked down one three. Uh, I know Derek White had some big moments defensively. Everyone played well. And nobody played great. Nobody had a non-sustainable game. So that's what's so reassuring for Boston. Now I want to go to something Bruce said. Because I, Wilds, I'm sure you noticed, and I'm sure you noticed. Bruce said, now I, th- I think the Warriors are going to win game four and go back to San Francisco 2-2. I said it and that more comment was missing that. something. Yeah. Much more. Not much. I thought it was a microphone. And it was certainly no, missing some base. No, I. it was a little <laughs> trepidation, a little concern. No. And here's the problem. None. I am uh, fresh out of olive branches. And as we know, per the first things first bylaws, which Brew is a big fan of, you are only allowed to switch your pick if the team you have picked is either winning or tied in the series. You can't be switching picks when a team's trailing, not without an olive branch being extended. So I'd love to even say Brew has the option to come over to the team that's going to win the title, the Boston Celtics, but that option's not available to him. So instead, he's got to be like, well, you know, maybe... Yeah, right. but I switched within the bylaws, Jen. A team was tied. One the series was one game apiece, basically a new series. It's, in some ways, the series hadn't even started. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You got to check the bylaws, Jenna. We update <laughs> them, ways. but that one's been there for okay. quite some time. So, Brew, 
I just want to ask you just real quick, how you feeling this morning, buddy? Because you got a lot of mockery of your old buddy I'm Nick Wright for flip flopping. But but if you flip flop and end up being like, what's better to flip flop and be right or to stay true and just be wrong again, just wrong again? No, I, I look did you how when will you learn, Nick? Right. You came at me the oh. same exact way. In the second round, when they lost Game Five to Milwaukee, right? You came at me the uh, same exact player. way Bylaws. in the that third round uh-huh. when they lost Game Six at home to Miami, and I stood That's ten toes down. That happened, and I am standing ten toes down today. If we that wasn't enough, the air base, after game I don't six. know. You're giving me so many up. olive branches, I, I can't keep count, all right? And I, I okay. got to check the bylaws because I think you've exceeded the level of gloating allowed for a flip-flopper. Oh. I got to oh, check. No. I'm not sure, no. but I'm looking during the break. Okay. Okay. All right, we'll do that. We're going to go get the bylaws in the break. <laughs> Celtics now 7-0 this postseason following a loss. Another thing I think Wild said. Uh, mentioned yesterday. Hey, I got a question. Will Dre's miserable game three vault him to the top of Broussard's under duress list? You're back up, Brew, on the other side. First of all, under duress time, you're not going to find Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown, not Jay or Jay on the bud list this week. They were excellent last night in game three. Team high 27 for Jalen, 26, 6, and 9 for Jason. All right, Brew, you're right. I don't ever know. I don't look at it before the show. Watch me be wrong. The Celtic superstar seems to be doing fine, but who's not? Who's under the most duress this week in the world of sports? Well, first, let me say something about Wiles. Wiles, you, you, you tried to brush over that 10-foot, 2-inch rim. Was that a rogue Celtics ball boy? Because that cost the Warriors a chance to warm up. You know that. I talked about Nick and his shenanigans and all that that they were going to pull yesterday. Serious, like I don't know. That was uh, something was going on, something fishy. But anyway, Solid let's take, get to the butt list. At number five, we're gonna go with uh, Darvin Ham. All right, Darvin Ham, L.A. Lakers oh. coach. There's always pressure on coaching the Lakers, especially as a rookie head coach. They're the best and most glamorous franchise in modern in, in the modern NBA era. And put on top of that that you got LeBron James, so you know it's championship or bust. And then put on top of that that you got Russell Westbrook. And Darwin tied himself to Russ. He said he's going to change Russ. He's going to get Russ to play differently nowadays. And that puts major pressure on you. I hope it works out for him. But Darvin Ham has a chemistry experiment facing him that would make Einstein wince. All right, at number four, we are going with, uh, you'll see Baker Mayfield's picture up here. It's anything associated with the Browns. The Brain Trust, the GM Andrew Berry, owner Jimmy Haslam, coach Kevin Stefanski, and of course, Baker Mayfield. It's looking, guys, like with all this news coming out about Deshaun Watson, I think it's got to be on the table. He might miss the entire season. So now they need a quarterback because they're ready to contend for the playoffs, right? Baker needs a team to quarterback. He would start, you know, anywhere else he goes, he probably doesn't have a playoff caliber roster. And so can they sit down, Nick, I'll give you credit. It was probably your best take since the NBA playoffs started. Yesterday, when you said 
Baker and the Browns need to sit down and realize we need each other. Let's work it out. And I think they can try to do that. All right, at number three, let's go back to the association in the finals. Steph Curry. Now, Steph Uh has been tremendous. I will say this. He had the three turnovers early in the fourth quarter in a minute and a half stretch. That, to me, basically ended the game. All right, however, he was fantastic. He shot the ball well every game. And here's the pressure, guys. He's going to have to carry them all series long. I don't know that Clay, I don't think Clay's going to stay as hot as he was last night. I seriously doubt it. Jordan Poole's inexperienced and inconsistent. Draymond's distracted and struggling. And Steph has to carry them. Now, perhaps, I hope this is not the case, but maybe on a bad foot. He said it was the same injury that he suffered while when Marcus Smart dove into his foot during the regular season. If that's the case, if it's a foot sprain that bad, Steph missed 12 games after that. And then early in the playoffs was coming off the bench because he wasn't quite ready. And so hopefully that's not the case. I do think he'll play, but... I hope he can. I hope it doesn't impact him at all. But either way, there's pressure on him because he's clearly the one that's got to carry the whole load for the Warriors. At number two, let's stick with the Warriors. Steve Kerr. Now, Steve Kerr's obviously a tremendous coach, but he's made some decisions that I'm questioning. I'm sorry. And twice Man. now, twice now, he has taken Steph Curry off the floor when he is red hot on fire all right game one Steph has 21 first quarter points and you're sitting for the first five minutes of the second quarter why it's the finals That's right and then last night Steph is on fire again 15 points in the third hitting three pointers left and right they take the lead after trailing by as many as 18 and then he takes him out for the last few minutes of the third quarter I get it you wanted to play him the whole fourth quarter, but this is the finals. Steph played 37 yep. minutes, got 37. Then you got to be ready right, to go 40 minutes plus. Steph is as well conditioned as any player in the league, and so that was 100%. a bad decision. I know it's somewhat of a second guess, but Jimmy Butler played what 40, no. 46, 48 minutes the last three games of the Eastern Conference yeah. Finals on a bad knee. Let's, I don't care if Steph has to play 47, 48 minutes. This is the finals. Let him go. All right, not to mention Kevon Looney only played 17 minutes last night when they were destroyed inside. He might have helped you out. Number one, we've talked about him, Draymond Green. All right, I'm not going to belabor this yep. too much, but uh, Draymond has put a target on his back with all of his antics, all right? With going at the referees, with going at all the Celtics players, with going at the Celtics coach, with going at Kevin Durant, for goodness sake, or at least getting into a back and forth yep. with Durant on his podcast. When you do things like that, it's going to put an extra tar- or, or spotlight on you. And so far, okay. Nick, he has shrunk in that spotlight. So yep. Draymond, look, they need him to play his best basketball if they're going to win this series. And so far, he's been almost the opposite of that. So he's got to show up. However, Brew, and this is a great list, I don't know if I could have Draymond at number one because while he just had one of the worst finals games for a Hall of Fame player ever, if you check, truly, this morning, the iTunes podcast charts, 
He's past Bill Simmons, number four. So it's like, you know what I mean, the good and the bad. That glass half full, glass half empty. Worst finals game ever, but the podcast skyrocketing. So, hey, he's top four. I mean, he's Levitard, pardon my take, the pivot, and Draymond. Take that, Bill Simmons. Wild, you need another appearance. Get Simmons juiced up in front of Draymond. I want to talk about Kerr and Curry because the, the Draymond's ineffectiveness overshadowed what was a baffling decision by Kerr. And this, to me, wasn't a second guess, Brew. I tweeted it the moment it happened. I said, you're taking Steph out earlier than usual. And it was exactly for what you say. Usually plays the whole third since the beginning of the fourth. Kerr wanted him to play the whole fourth, so he sat him at the the end of the third. Here's a novel idea. Play the whole second half. It's the NBA Finals. You're allowed. There's that. It's not junior varsity basketball where it's like hey nobody's allowed to play more than 24 minutes guys got to get everyone involved it's the nba finals and your team goes to die when steph doesn't play well so let's show you some numbers from last night and then from the series because wilds i think these are jarring last night up until that moment he took steph out steph had 29 points on 11 of 18 from the field the rest of the game, he had two points. He had those three straight turnovers. Mm-hmm. You might be like, well, we want him fresh for the fourth quarter. You got to shake the snow globe because here's the thing. And this is a quiet, bubbling storyline. Um, Steph in the fourth quarter in these finals. Now, he didn't play one of them because they were blowing him out. Fine. Yeah. Two games. Yep. Two games they could have won. Two games that w- one game was close at the end of the three. The other game they had the lead at the end of three. Steph Curry, a plus-minus of minus 30 in two fourth quarters? No threes made? Three of ten from the field? Not great. So as great as he's been, he's averaging 30 a game, Wilds, essentially through three quarters, and then nothing in the fourth. And I'm going to say one other thing. I said before the series, when I foolishly picked the Warriors, that I thought Steph was going to have his first truly great NBA Finals. Last night was another chance for an iconic Steph Curry game and left the meat on the ball. If he follows that third quarter with 10 in the fourth, scores 40, and they win, that's that's the moment. Go to Boston, do it, do what he did. Yep. In the, no. Instead, same with game one. So Steph and Steve got to figure this out. Steph's got to be ready to play the whole second half. And Steve's got to be willing to let him play the whole second half, and he's got to be better late. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. All right. Here's a take that I'm putting on the bud list. General decorum is on the bud list. And I know people are going to claim all the Warriors are whining. I disagree. I want to play you some sound. Take a listen. On the crowd's uh, response to Draymond, uh, classy, very classy. It was not a factor. We played in front of rude people before, dropping F-bombs with children in the crowd. Real classy. Good job, Boston. No, they're just talking. Um, it's not really my job to react to them. So, they did what I expected. Okay, look. For Mike Breen, and welcome back, Mike Breen. Good to have you back on the broadcast. Yep. More than one time had to say, oh, a vulgar chant from the crowd directed at Draymond Green. And let me just say this. (laughs) 
I'm not, I, I'm not into it. I, I'm just not. You want to boo? That's normal. It's kind of it's it's sort of within the the framework of what a fan is supposed to do. Boo! It's silly. It's low on the octave range. You can drag it out. Boo! Very long. Or you can whistle. This is very underutilized. It's it's done a lot in European basketball, European soccer. The whistle is basically the opposite of the boo. Very high pitch. You can bring it out long. It actually kind of hurts. I think whistling. What about is great. a hiss? But man. A chant, a hiss would be good if you're also if you're snakes in the crowd. But a chant, a vulgar chant, man, is just weirdo behavior. It just is. Like, hey, Brian, uh, welcome back to uh, your orthodontist office. How was the game? Great. I chanted uh, vulgarities at another grown man. What? It's just weirdo behavior. I'm sorry. I, I just don't think you should be chanting swears. I'm rooting for the Celtics. I'm pulling for the Celtics. But I got to be honest. It's weirdo behavior that people have normalized. It's strange. It should stop. No one's defending the Warriors. I'll do it. It's, it's, they're not whining. It's weird behavior from the Boston crowd. The end. Well, wow, it's a new thing, right? I mean, we haven't heard much of that. Obviously, we heard it, what, last year, two years ago with Trey Young in the garden. But that's not something you used to hear in terms of chants like that very often. Um, and I'm with you. I, I could certainly do without it. But look, I I'm not mad at the Warriors. I think the way they handled it was fine. Draymond was like, hey, whatever. I'm not worried about the crowd. Clay, same, same type of thing. We played in front of crowds like that before. And I thought Kerr's answer was great. Classy. He got his point across without belaboring it. Fine. You, you understand what he was saying. Nick, I, I think you point out some great things. I still think people will look back. And, and I pointed out the three turnovers that Steph had in the fourth quarter. And it's that was big, bad. Man. And Steph, as great as he is, he gets too cute a lot. Even some of his layups with the flair of just, you know, just just go up strong and put oh, it yeah, in the hole. And he again. missed a few that he, he Wait, did like that. that. So, I mean, I used to do that. Ah. But, no. but I just, a, a little too to cute that. at times. And some of those passes, they, they were just trying to be, they were sloppy. They were careless. And we've seen it before. They got to cut that out. You brought up, that's a great graphic about the fourth quarter. I wasn't aware of those numbers. But I do think generally, Nick, and I think you probably agree. Most people will look at last night and say Steph had a great game just because of the way he brought yeah. them back in the third quarter yeah. with all those threes. But yeah. he's got to he's got to be better in the fourth. There's no doubt. They just can't have Let a LeBron great third quarter for four and think they're going to win the series in the finals. Oh, we'll only bring it up list. for the next eleven great years. Great list, Broussard. We got Fine. Antoine Walker no, no next. Back to the, the game. First ever. things first. Stories to start your morning, sponsored by Ram Trucks, built to serve NBA Finals. Game three last night, Warriors Celtics. A lot of storylines in this one. One of them, Draymond Green, as in, where was he? How about a stat line from last night? Two, four, and three. The old triple single, as Nick's been saying all week. Had three times as many personal fouls, six, because he fouled out, as he did points last night, two. That's all he got. Boston won big. As Kevin Wilds predicted, he said 15. They won by 16. They go up 2-1 now in this series. Nick, a lot yeah. of fingers pointed at Dre this morning. Who should take the blame for the Warriors' Game 3 loss? 
Well, Draymond Green is a future Hall of Famer, and he had one of the worst finals games by any future Hall of Famer or current Hall of Famer ever. So he's going to take a lot of the blame. And sometimes Draymond Green has a stat line like that, and it's like, well, you actually got to watch the game to see his impact. And last night's true. true. The stat line looks bad. You watch the game, it's even worse. Because Draymond, theoretically, is supposed to be a great defensive player. Let's show how the game started. Jalen Brown has an opportunity to get Steph Curry on him in a pick and roll. And Jalen Brown says, nah, bro, stay there, Derek White. I got this guy in front of me. Right to the basket. Show it again. Watch Jalen Brown wave him off. Wave off. You can get Steph in a pick and roll. Don't want it. Couple possessions later, Draymond once again, too slow-footed. Jalen, direct line drive to the basket, layup. That was the story of the night. And so Draymond Green, obviously, on the court was not good. But, Brew, so much of the conversation surrounding Draymond is off the court and podcast-related at this point. So I listened to the podcast that came out in the middle of the night this morning before the show. And before we get to his commentary on his own play, some of the – listen, one of the things that's good about hashtag new media is we get insight from players that we can't get elsewhere. So Draymond's keys to the game that, again, you can only get from guys who you know are on the court, new media. Uh, you got to hold Jason Tatum to either big points or big assists. He kills you when he does both. Not going to hear that elsewhere. Um, he's very happy Clay Thompson got going, <laughs> okay. and the defense needs to be better at the point of attack. Those are all things that you can only find with this level of insight from hashtag new media. So that part's good. He also, however, said something that didn't shock me. I was shocked by those other points. I'm like, man, I, I don't know how you see, you're seeing a game different than me. You got to stop Tatum from scoring and getting assists. I, who'd have thunk it? But one thing that I did not surprise me was Draymond saying, Brew, he said it, and you listened to it as well. He was in his own head about the officials. And because he was worried about the officials and worried about the text and worried about the noise around him, he didn't come with the level of force and intensity and physicality he needs to. And I told you before the game that at this point in his career, he can only be effective against excellent teams doing the extra nonsense. But he was on extra nonsense probation because of his comments after game two, where he's like, hey, refs, let me do what I want. I've earned that deferential privilege, deferential treatment. So he came out yesterday, tried to play a straight-up basketball game, and Draymond Green at this point in his career can't play a straight-up basketball game and be effective. He doesn't shoot. He doesn't dribble. He's getting beat off the dribble. Like, that ain't great. And so unless he's your pulling left tackle for a a triple screen, it's going to be a problem. So, yeah, Draymond Green takes a lot of the responsibility, and he did a lot of it to himself. Absolutely. He's put a target on his back. And a lot of times we talk about bulletin board material. Oh, you gave them bulletin board material. Oh, oh, now you said that. Wow, they're really going to be excited and amped up for the next game. And a lot of times I just brush that aside. Because, look, how much more excited can you be for a finals game? I want to win a championship, right. period. I don't. And so what? He said this. That's going to make me more intense about winning it. But yesterday, Nick, we actually saw this in action. And you showed the clips. I don't know if we can show them again, but Jalen Brown hunting Draymond Green. One of the best defenders that this game has seen. Draymond thinks he's the best. He says, give me Draymond. And this is why, and I'm sorry, Jenna, close your ears. This was the dude going into prison. 
who doesn't want to be messed with saying, I got to go beat up the biggest, baddest inmate in here so everybody else knows don't mess with me. And Jalen Brown said, I'm going to show Steph. I'm going to show Clay. I'm going to show Looney and the rest of them. I'm going at your guy, Draymond Green, the best defender in the league, and I'm going to smoke him. And y'all know for the next 48 minutes, this is what you got to deal with. And that's what he did because Draymond's running his mouth, making himself a target with all his other antics. And Nick, you're right. I listened to the podcast. He did say he got inside his own head. He was trying to be too cool, calm, and collected because he was worried about the officials and this and that. Shame on you, Draymond. Draymond, you can ball. And now maybe you washed. Maybe you know something I don't know and that you're washed. But the bottom line is I think you still can play. I think you can play make. I think you can defend. I think you can rebound. And if you have relegated yourself to being just an instigator, a guy that's got to throw extra elbows and knees and get under the opponent's skin and talk all your a mess and try to play Beverly. little games and all that. Yeah, that's the only way you can be effective. Then shame on you. If you think you can't just go out on the court, be calm and relaxed and in, intense, though, but energy, but without all the antics and be effective, then you you hurt yourself, bruh. You 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 said it on yourself. So shame on Draymond if that's the case, Wilds. I think he's better than that, to quote Mark Jackson. Wow. That was excellent, Broussard. Uh Okay, I want to talk specifically about the podcast and the content creation that Draymond has been doing during these finals. Now, I'm reluctant to take a one-size-fits-all strategy on how different guys get ready for the NBA Finals. We've seen LeBron do literally the exact opposite, where he shuts down his social media, he says, I'm locked into the Finals, no outside noise. But not everybody's built the same. Antoine, when he was in the Finals, got a little bit nervous, and his teammates told him, hey, do your thing. So he literally went out to the club, like, I got to keep my routine. Everybody's different. But at the same time, When Draymond is producing so much stuff and watching social media and responding to reporters and creating podcasts, I think it's a fair question to say, man, are you totally locked in? Like if Joe Budden had a bad podcast, we're like, Joe, what happened to the podcast? He's like, you know what? I spent a lot of time playing high-level basketball. Like, well, you know what? Get focused on the podcast, Joe. (laughs) And that's not just me. I was like, no, I kind of feel that way. But once another finals MVP says it, Nick, I think Draymond has to pay attention. Here's Isaiah Thomas. I want you to respond after this sound. Take a listen. So when you talk about focus, this is what the NBA Finals is about. And right now, he has lost focus in terms of concentrating on beating the opponent. He's not talking about Jalen Brown. He's not talking about Tatum. He's not talking about Marcus Smart. He's talking about podcasts, and he's talking about Cedric Maxwell and the fans. I don't know. By the way, at this point, I don't know if Draymond could guard Cornbread Maxwell. Cornbread's put on a few pounds, but I think that's a good matchup. Like, hey, it's a problem. And, Brew, there are a lot of layers to this Warriors dynastic run. When you're this good for this long, there's a lot of fun stories and fun chapters. 
But if they lose these finals and they're three and three in the finals and someone's like, hey, I don't have time for the full NBA history. Tell me about the Warriors run. It's like, well, they won three championships. All right. What about the ones they lost? Well, in 2016, it was the greatest team ever, and they were up 3-1. What flipped the series? Well, the heart and soul of the team, you know, some would argue, got you know suspended for a game for punching at LeBron's groin. Uh, you know, a singularly violent act is what I think the NBA called it, and they never won again. And then one year, everybody got hurt. And then what about the next year? Uh, I don't know. He he was averaging as many points as fouls and created more podcasts than the Warriors had wins and was the story throughout. It wouldn't be a great legacy thing if they don't turn it around. Third and so many. that's on the board now, Jenna, for where this thing goes. I'll get you ready for Friday's Game 4 tomorrow morning. Much more now on Disputed. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow.